0: We posted on our uh, Instagram uh, and Facebook stories yesterday that video uh, and then a few different little questions for you. I think we, we did the, who is the 68 degree people in the house? Who, uh, that's me right there, okay? What about the 72, 73 degree people? Uh, you, well, the reason that you are that person is you're probably a little bit more comfortable with the heat and the fire. So I'm saying you, maybe you guys, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Us Christians over here. We're a lot cooler in our paradise in heaven, okay? So I'm just messing with you. Uh, what about the over-under debate? I, I think this one should be pretty obvious, but like, do you put it over? The toilet paper goes over, right? Under. Who put under? Who said under? <laughs> what? Why? I just I feel like it makes absolutely no sense. I just don't understand it. I mean, like maybe like as, as far as like you know reachability. Like I mean, I don't really know. I don't understand it. I don't. I'll have to talk to you later, Casey, about this. We'll get your opinion. So. Uh, But everybody that's been in a relationship, everybody that's married, you know what I'm talking about. Like that video, the reason why it's so relatable is because these are actual things that maybe we argue about, actual things that we talk about. And these are some like basic little silly things. But how many of you know uh, that the, the arguments go a lot farther than which way the toilet paper should go? Okay, right? They can get real deep. They can get real heavy. And they can get real mean real quick sometimes if you're not careful, right? You know what I'm talking about. And so uh, we are talking about relationship goals in this series, and and I'm really excited about it. And the reason that I am uh, is because it's for everybody, all right? It's not just if you're married, okay? Yes, we're going to talk about principles of marriage, but it it has nothing to do with only being married. Are you going to get something out of this? No, no, no. If you're single, if you're dating, you know, engaged, married, whatever, married for... 50 years, I believe that we can look to the Bible, look to Scripture, and see what God says about healthy marriages, healthy relationships, and you could get something out of it, okay? Uh, so that's why I'm really, really excited about it. So what I want to encourage you to do is if you have any friends that you feel like, hey, this might relate to them, uh, this is something that, uh, that, that maybe they could get out of, it's just a fun series. It's going to be a really, really good time. I think we're going to have a lot of fun. You're going to get to know me and Lindsay a little bit better. Uh, I'm not going to lie, I had to proof my message uh, yesterday. I, I preached it to And she said, Trev, you got to change some things, all right? (laughs) It's like, you can't say that from the stage. I'm like, I really can't say that word? And she's like, no, 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 you can't say that from the stage. That's offensive. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, all right, fine. And then I was like, well, can I tell the story about you and me? She was like, no, absolutely not. No, you cannot, so... (laughs) You going to need you to take that out. And I was like, yes, ma'am, all right, whatever, you know. So uh, I've been married for a couple of years now. So obviously I'm the foremost expert on this, all right? You know, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But uh, who is single in the house today? I want to know who I'm talking to. Who is single in the house? I see you single people. Y'all better make some noise. Where you at? Oh, my goodness. We got some single people. Y'all better look around, you know, like, what's up, what's up? I'm trying to get a number. You know what I mean? They're all like on that side. The single people are like congregating. It's like a natural thing. Okay, well, Sadie in the back, what's up? Sadie's playing piano today, if anybody wants to holler, okay, all right. (laughs) She's from the north, the great white north, Minnesota, right? Oh, Minnesota, oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So, snowman wasn't a big deal for her. She was like... you slay, I saw that she did a video of her sledding down her driveway, just like on her back. Like not on anything, just, just sliding down on her back. So what a legend. Um, what about if you're dating or engaged? Will you raise your hand? Make some noise. Stop! Are you dating somebody, Jackson? Get out of here, you liar. You son of a gun. Come on now. I see a few people dating, engaged over here. Okay, all right. It's not official until you put a ring on it. Just remember that. Okay, guys. You better hurry, gents. Get down on the knee. All right, come on. Uh, what about... If you made it all the way, guys, you, you've you done it. You were there, and you got down on the knee, and you made it. You said the vows, and you are married in this house. Can you make some noise, and let me see you oh my goodness, look at you. Look at you. All right, I see you guys. Well, uh, I'm glad that there's kind of a, you know, there's a mix of all kinds of people, you know what I mean? Whether you've been uh, uh, single uh, for your whole life, you feel like, okay, whether you've been uh, married before and divorced, you're single now, you're with somebody. Listen, everybody has their story, okay, and I believe that everybody can get something out of what we're talking about here today. So uh, I think Uh, There's this thing, the title of the message today, if you want to take notes, okay, which I encourage that you do, it'd be fun to go over this with your spouse, with your loved one, significant other later on. Uh, The title of the message is DTR. Does anyone know what DTR stands for? Define the relationship. If it was already on the screen, then you lucky you win. Okay, see, I can't see the screen, so I don't know. Uh, But it's called define the relationship, and and the reason that I picked that to start with is because I think before you do anything else, right, you have to learn what that means to define the relationship. It's the first step to a healthy relationship. And and so many of y'all, I think maybe you were dating somebody and maybe you've heard this story before, you're dating somebody and then they they get married, these two people get married, and then they are later like, man, I had no idea All, all of this stuff about this person. I wish I would have known, right? I wish I would have known that they had $100,000 in debt and credit cards, okay? Like, I wish I would have known that before we got into this marriage, okay? Maybe we would have done some things a little bit differently, right? Uh, I wish that I would have known that their priorities were not exactly what they were leading on when we were dating, right? I wish I would have known that it was a little bit different. I wish I would have known that their mama was crazy, all right, their family is nuts, I had no idea. I wish I would have known. And I think some of this stuff, there's all kinds of things that you could say, I wish I would have known. I should have known this. I can't believe I didn't. But if you don't define the relationship early on, right, then you're not going to be able to know all of these things. And that is the first step to a healthy relationship. I, I love saying this right here. Goals have to be defined in order to be accomplished. A goal that is not defined is not a goal. It's a wish, a goal that is not defined is not a goal. It is a wish, people. And healthy marriages are not built on wishes. Let me say that again. Healthy marriages are not built on wishes. They're built on intentional action from both parties to reach defined goals. Intentional being the key word there. You have to be very, very intentional in your marriage, in your relationships to reach the defined goals. But what are the goals, right? This is the series, Relationship Goals. What are they? That's what we're going to talk about today. I believe that God has given us one very, very important and very specific goal for every healthy relationship that we could have. So uh, I wanna tell you a little bit about uh, our story, me me and Lindsay's story. And I don't know, I don't think she's in here right now. She might be helping over in kids. She probably just ran out because she didn't wanna hear me have to talk about her. (laughs) Goodness gracious. So uh, our story is is amazing. It is God-ordained, and, and I love it, and uh, we met. I was a worship leader for many, many years, and I would go on tour. So Pastor Tim and then uh, Alec, who's not here normally, he plays drums with us, and Emily was our band manager, Tim's wife. She would keep us in check, all right, when we would go out on our, our tours with the band. We were just a bunch of college kids, you know, doing worship, uh, uh, like youth youth camps and stuff like that, and so then I was at college. We did this one tour uh, for about nine weeks in the North Texas Assemblies of God youth camps. And so we played nine youth camps with about 1,000 kids at each camp. So, I mean, it was a pretty big camp. It was pretty fun. And the, the last week of that camp, the second to last day, I had this guy come up to me. I was in the gym playing some basketball. This guy comes up to me and he's like, Hey, uh, my name's Stephen. I'm one of the youth pastors here. And I was just curious. Uh, you know, is there a Mrs. Trevor in your life? He didn't even know my last name. He just knew my name was Trevor. Is there a Mrs. Trevor? Uh, You got dating, you know, anything like that? And I was like, nope, very single, very available. (laughs) Like absolutely nobody on the radar. All right. And so uh, he said, well, that's interesting because, you know, we have an inquiring mind. First off, who says it like that? (laughs) Like, inquiring mind. Like, what does that even mean? You know, like I I had no idea what to think. My first thought was terrified. Like I was like, okay, is this like a student that's like interested in me? Cause like, that's not going to be good. You know, that's weird. Uh, And so he was like, no, no, no. And I have to clarify, uh, uh, Lindsay was a leader at the camp. All right. So I was not, you know, poaching the students from the camp. Goodness gracious. That's I have to, I have to clarify just in case. So, uh, then he's like, yeah, you know, one of our leaders, uh, she's interested and she's a little shy. I don't want to come talk to you. Uh, but would you be interested in meeting her? Now, any time in the church world that somebody older than you and you are single comes up to you and says you should date this person, usually it is a grandma that will do it. They come up to you, and grandmas—I don't know about y'all, but I mean, I just feel like this always happens. They come up and they're like, "You should date my granddaughter," and then I'm like, "Oh, okay." Like, let well, me see a picture of her. And you see a picture, and it's just like, uh, "Yeah, no." Mm. She seems really nice. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not, maybe I'm a little shallow, okay? I, maybe I am, but I've had that happen to me too many times, y'all. I've been in the church a while. I've been a worship leader for many, many years. And so I immediately asked, I was like, do you have a picture of her? And his wife runs up super fast, and she's like, oh, I do, I do. She was like watching from afar, you know? So she, like, comes over and shows me a picture, pulls out her phone, and shows me a picture of that beautiful woman standing at the back right there, Lindsay, Ad- Lindsay Sturgeon at the time. To which I said, yes, please, absolutely. Can I meet her tomorrow? Yes, right now. If you can, set it up immediately, please. And um, she's like, gorgeous, you know? And I'm like, oh my goodness, like this never happens this way. This is so easy. And so... um, Obviously, I wanted to meet her. They, they kind of set it up for the next morning, like we quickly just met outside of the worship center, and uh, just said, "Hey, you know, my name's Trevor." and she was like, "I'm Lindsay." I don't remember I don't remember exactly how it was, babe. It was something like that. Uh, She was a little little nervous, you know, I was the worship leader, and I was like, I promise, I told her this after we started dating, I was like, I promise one of these days, you're not going to think my voice sounds great, you're not going to think I'm that cool, I am a nerd, all right, like, she's like, no, like, you're Trevor from The Call, that was the band, she's like, you're Trevor from The Call, and I was like, yeah, that means nothing, okay, like, I'm so weird, I promise, Uh, so anyway, we started dating uh, about a week later, And her youth pastors were hardcore about it. They actually invited me to come speak at their youth group and lead worship at their youth group and and let me stay at their house for three days. Uh, I was here in in Kyle, and she was up in Cleburne, just south of Fort Worth. And so they literally had me stay at their house for three days, specifically because they knew that we had kind of hit it off and they wanted to like get us together. And man, it worked, y'all. They were like ultimate matchmakers. So we had one date. We went to see a movie with her brother, and I met her parents. I went to church that Sunday, met her parents, like known this girl for a week, met her brother, went to a movie with them. And I'm just that kind of guy. Like, I don't really care. It's not a big deal. Like I'll go meet anybody, talk to anybody. So it wasn't a big deal to me. People always are like, man, you met her parents with like only knowing her for one day. I was like, yeah, whatever, you know? So, um, that's just who I am. But we ended up, uh, dating for a year where we dated for like nine months. we were engaged for three months. And we got married to the day that we met the next year. So that was kind of cool. The exact day that we met, we got married the next year. And you know, there's, there's so much that goes into it, but, but she didn't even want to date me at first, y'all. That's the thing that was kind of crazy. I mean, she, she knew me like I was a worship leader, but uh, we were sitting in the car out at Cleburne Lake. You know, I thought it was real romantic. It was probably lame, but whatever. So we were sitting out at the lake and uh, I, we'd had that one date and I was like, Lindsay, I feel like this is a thing. Like I feel like I've known this girl for a week, all right? I'm like, I feel like this is a thing. I feel like we were supposed to be together. And she did not talk for two hours. <laughs> I kid you not. It was like two hours. I just sat there with her like pretty much in silence. But I knew that there was something there. I knew that it was from God. And, and God has always just kind of like given me stuff ahead of time. He's always told me, you know, well in advance like what my next step in life is. And, and I'm grateful for it. Not everybody Gets that opportunity. I don't know why he treats me like that, but it's just how it is. And so I knew that it was from the Lord, and I was like, I feel like this is supposed to happen. Like, there's something here, right? She's like, yeah. and she tells people to this day, she's like, you could have been a creeper. Like, I don't, I didn't know you at all. Like, you could have been a stalker, serial killer, and I would have had no idea. I'd known you for a week. But she reluctantly said yes, and we got married, and the rest is history. So, um, it's a fun story. It's a cool story, uh, and the best part about it is that she was in Oklahoma. And, uh, you know, a few weeks after I had met her, my buddy Joseph called and said, hey, are you looking for a job? And I was in college. I was like, absolutely, I'll take a job. And he was like, well, it's in Oklahoma. And uh, it just happened to be about 20 minutes away from where she was going to school. So God kind of confirmed it even there as well. So it's fun when God just lays things out for you, right? It's so much fun. It doesn't always happen like that, but it's amazing when it does. And I want to just encourage you today. um, God's hand was definitely was definitely in setting that up, right? It's fairly obvious to me. It became obvious to her much later, but uh, God has his hand on some things in our lives. But just because God's hand is on something, just because God ordains something, right, doesn't always mean that it's gonna be easy, right? It doesn't mean that it's gonna be the simplest thing in the world, just because you feel like that God has put you two together and maybe you're like, this person is the one, okay? Like you are still going to have problems, all right? You're still going to have struggles. You're still going to have things that go on in your life that, that you don't like. You're going to have arguments. You're going to have things uh, that make it way, way more difficult than it was at the very beginning when I'm just Trevor from the call, right? You know what I'm saying? Uh, and I knew that at the very beginning. I was like, one of these days, like we're going to have some problems. One of these days, like, you know, you're not going to think my voice sounds like an angel anymore and it's going to. Be depressing, but you know what? We'll move on. So, uh, I have a picture uh, for you guys. I think of me and Lindsay somewhere here. Uh, maybe, yeah, there it is. You can kind of see it there. This is a photo shoot that we did a little while back. There's some pictures of Oakland and everything too in there, but but this is what I think so many of us think of when we think of like marriage in the perfect relationship, right? It's like, this is what we want. I want that beautiful Instagram photo that I can post to my significant other of, of my spouse and just like, oh, we're so like madly in love. Like, that's wonderful. But listen, that picture right there, that's not real life. That's not real life. That picture was a pose, okay? Like she set us up and I'm just like, I feel super like awkward right now. You know what I mean? And it's like kind of awkward sometimes to take photos like this and you're, you're setting it up perfectly, taking the photo with the perfect lighting, editing it down and then putting it on your Instagram page and everybody's like, oh yeah, that's the goal. Like that's what I want. That's what I'm looking for when I'm looking for somebody to be with. But that is not real life, y'all. What is real life? Have you been married for a while? You know what I'm talking about. It's the day to day. It's taking out the trash, or not taking out the trash. My bad. <laughs> no makeup Mondays for me. You know. Anyway, I'm just kidding. You know what I mean? Like no makeup Mondays. You know. You have like uh, all kinds of different little days. You have like Pizza Friday. You know what I mean? Like that's real life. Okay. Crying children. That's real. Chores. That's some real stuff. Work. Maybe a little Netflix. Maybe a little chill. Know what I'm saying, people? Then the occasional photo shoot where you get together and you look like this and it's all beautiful and all that stuff. But, but listen, this is not real life. What is real life? It's the day-to-day, the in and out of, of living your life, trying to honor one another, trying to learn how to love each other better and how to honor God through that. So not to say you can't have butterflies, not to say you, you can't have that amazing feeling of love when you do see your spouse, when you see that significant other, but when real life hits you in the face, what is your foundation? What's the foundation of that relationship? When snow vid happens, okay, where is the foundation? Is it in butterflies? Because I don't know about you guys, but, but butterflies, they're pretty thin, and they're not very strong, Okay. I want a foundation that is strong in my marriage, amen? Who wants a strong foundation in their marriage? Can I get an amen today? I want something that goes a lot deeper, that's a lot stronger than just some feeling, right? And what is that? We know that it is Jesus, okay? That is the foundation of our marriage. That is what we want to have as our foundation, not just in our marriage, but in life in general as well. And and we've been married for almost five years now, um, which, like I said, makes me the foremost expert on the topic, okay? No, I'm just kidding. I, actually, I want to know. Who's been married uh, more than 20 years? Been married more than 20 years in the house? Come on now. Anybody been married? That's awesome. What about 30 years? Anybody been married more than 30 years? What? Okay, 40 years? Anyone? Okay, man, you guys are killing it. Look at you Give it up for Bonnie and Kevin over here. All right. Hey, that's awesome. I'll have you guys come up next week, all right? Prepare a message, okay? I'm just kidding. I won't do that to you. We've been married for almost five years, but, you know, we've done some things right. We've done some things wrong. We've definitely done some things wrong, (laughs) specifically me. I think if I gave the mic to Lindsay, she could probably stand up here for hours telling you all the things that I've done wrong, Uh, because it's been a lot. I mean, we've hung up on each other before. We got to the point, you know, like, you do the thing where you're, like, calling them back, like, answer the phone, answer the phone, and then you, like, you're trying to decide, like, should I just block them for, like, a couple of minutes just to, like, Get some peace and quiet. You know what I mean? Uh, Definitely left the house at one point because I was just so heated. And I was like, I'm just going to go sit outside. And I went and sat in a Taco Bell parking lot for like 20 minutes just to cool off. And I thought about getting Taco Bell. I really did, guys. But I was like, that would just make it worse. She'd be like, you got Taco Bell? I'm not going to do that. We, we argue maybe sometimes about how to discipline our son. You know, there's different parenting styles and different ways. You know, I leave the water on like for 20 minutes before I take a shower. And Lindsay's like, you girl, <laughs> girl, boy, you're wasting water. You're like, get in the shower. And I'm like, oh, you're right. I probably should, you know. I'm pretty sure there's been a time where I've been yelling and literally manifested a demon sometimes. It's like, ah, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's crazy, you know. We have some fights like that every once in a while. But at the same time, Uh, you know, I'm direct and loud. She's soft and sweet. We're different. We're different. That's just who we are. We're different people. We we might argue about the AC. I'm the 68 degree person and she's the 72 degree person, right? You know, she's the one that wants five blankets on. I'm the one that's throwing them all off on top of her. So now she has like 10 blankets because of like the overlap, you know what I'm talking about? So then she gets super sweaty. You know what I mean? Like we're just different people and I think that's okay to be different. And we've done some things wrong for sure, but we've done some things right along the way too. I mean, we... We have a deep commitment to one another. We have a deep commitment to one another. We have fun. We we have a good time. You know, like we, I mean, I feel like I like to have some fun. You know what I mean? That's one song that we always sing with Oakland. We haven't sang it in a while, but uh, he absolutely loved it when he was growing up. We would always sing, we like to have some fun. We like to have some fun. And this kid would just dance and dance and dance. But it's so true. Like you just have to learn just to have some fun. That's a big, big part of a marriage. And we're raising our son together. We love God. You know, we're following his leading for our lives and starting this church. We took a big step of faith to come here. If you know, if you haven't heard the story, check out our website, our YouTube channel. It's the very, very first message on Launch Sunday. And we're constantly trying to learn how to love each other better. And, and if I can be really honest, I think the truth is, is that I will be learning in this series right along with you guys, okay? Because like I said, everybody can get something out of this, all right? Me being the pastor doesn't make me and Lindsay any different from you guys, okay? We're still young in our married life as well. And so we're gonna try to learn from people that have gone before us. I'm gonna try to learn from my parents. I'm gonna try to learn from a Bonnie and Kevin. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm gonna try to learn as much as I can during this series. And so whether you're single, dating, married, engaged, whatever, I encourage you to really, really, really lean into this because all of us are gonna learn something. You might hear this exact same message today. And if you're single, it might mean one thing for you. If you're dating or engaged, it might mean something completely different. If you're married, it might mean something completely different. And I'll come back two or three years later and preach this exact same message, and you're in a different stage of life, it'll once again mean something completely different to you. That's the beauty of the Bible, right? That's the beauty of God's word is that sometimes, no matter what stage in your life, you're going to get something out of it, and it might be something different. You could read the same passage over and over and over again. It'll mean something different to you. So just open up your eyes and ears today and let God speak to you. Let's pray. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for this day. Thank you, uh, help me to communicate this word the best way that I can. And uh, I pray that somebody would just get something out of it, Lord, and that marriages would be restored, uh, that that individuals would just be energized and excited, uh, uh, whether they're single, dating, married, engaged, whatever it might be, God, that they would just be uh, ready to take that next step in a Christ-honoring relationship. In Jesus' name, amen. So Genesis 2, 18 through 24, it should be on the screen for you. This is going to be our verse for the day, our passage for the day. I'm going to go ahead and read it to you guys. Then the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals and all the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. The man chose a name for each one. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, all the wild animals. But still, there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the man's ribs and closed up the opening. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. My dad always says to my mom, he says, what's up, rib? <laughs> it's such a dad joke, but it's, it's good. Brought her to the man. Verse 23. At last, the man exclaimed. And I'm thinking, Adam is like, okay, these animals... They're not very attractive, okay? Like, they, you don't look like me. Like, this dog over here is like, that's weird, you know? Like, there's like this, you know, lion over here. Like, you're terrifying. And then he makes this woman, and he's like, okay, yeah, there it is. Yeah, she's hot. Okay, I can work with that, you know? So at last, the man exclaimed, this one is bone from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She will be called woman because she was taken from man. And this explains why man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. The main point that I have for you today is one point. I have one point and then one action uh, statement that I want you guys to to work with as you go into this next week. God defines the relationship for us here, right? He defines the relationship. And the God-defined goal is for you to have a Christ-centered relationship. That is the only point of, of, that is our only goal. Yes, you can have relationship goals You know, you see those photos on Instagram, you see those uh, amazing couples that you know, and you're like, man, like those are goals, like that's goals. But listen, at the end of the day, as Christ followers, we have one goal and it's defined by God for us. At the very, very beginning of time, God establishes his relationship with man, with Adam, and then God defines the relationship between Adam and Eve. He defines it as her being a helper, as them coming and being one, united together. That's why a man leaves his father and mother and they unite as one. God defines it from the very beginning of time. And it's for you and I to have Christ-centered relationships with our spouses. Are you single? Here's the thing. You might be like, okay, well, I don't have that yet. Are you single? You need to live a Christ-centered life today for a Christ-centered marriage tomorrow. Can I get an amen? Live a Christ-centered life right now wherever you are at in your life. Don't be down and out saying, oh, I'm single, nobody loves me. No, no, no. Be a woman of God. Be a man of God. And uh, you know, you could say this a super cheesy way, like be the person that your person's looking for, okay? I know that sounds like Grey's Anatomy and it's super cheesy, but it's really true. Be the person that your person is looking for. Do you want a Christ-honoring, God-centered marriage? Then you have to be the one that starts it you have to be the one to take ownership over that at the very beginning and then when you get with somebody I hear this all the time we were young adults pastors for a while and I cannot tell you how many times I heard this all the guys I date just treat me like trash it's like, that's because all the guys you date are trash, okay? Like, I'm sorry. They are. They are so selfish. They don't care about you. They do not love God. And then you wonder why they treat you like trash. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. And the guys, I say, well, she goes to church. She has the, the church name in her bio and like Jesus with the heart. Like, she obviously is a Christian. I saw her at church on Sunday. Listen, she could be at church on Sunday, be at the club on Saturday night, okay? That means nothing. All right, you need to see a pattern in this person. I'm talking to my single people here today, okay? So listen close. You need to see a defined pattern of this person in their life that they love God and they love others, okay? And that they have the capacity to love you in the way that you feel like that you deserve to be loved, which is the way that Jesus loves you, come on. And if you don't think that that person can love you in that way, if you don't think that person's gonna be faithful, if you don't see a pattern of Christ honoring in their life, don't even give them a shot, don't even give them a chance because they're not ready yet. They're not ready yet, all right? And so uh, I could say many things, maybe to our, our married people today, uh, that for you guys to do to have a Christ-centered marriage, you know, there's all kinds of things. You could go online and look up. It's like 10 things to do to have a better Jesus-honoring marriage or something like that. And I'll give you a big old list, all right? If I asked you to do 10 things right now, you would probably remember one or two of them and maybe do one of them, okay? That's how I am because if Lindsay gives me a list of like 15 things to do, it's just overwhelming, all right? And so what I wanna do is I wanna boil it down and it's difficult to get to this, but i want to get down to the one thing that if you do this one thing in your marriage, you will be in much, much better shape and God can really, really bring you together and you'll have a better relationship with God and your spouse and that is to pray with your spouse. That's it pray with your spouse. Can you do that one thing? And I think the problem is immediately so many of us feel like, oh, that's awkward. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Have you ever felt that before? It's like, it's just, it's, it's hard. It's weird sometimes. If you haven't prayed with your spouse before uh, and you haven't made it like a regular thing, I, I definitely know how that feels. You're like, oh, it's just kind of awkward. You know, like, um, you know, it's not the easiest thing to do. It's not the easiest thing, honestly. The easiest thing is to just, what, turn on the TV and play some Netflix and get some ice cream and veg out, you know what I mean? Like, that's the easiest thing to do. Well, I can pray in front of anybody, okay? Like, for me, it's super, super simple for me to pray in front of people. I've done it my entire life, but how many of y'all are the people that if I asked you to pray right now, like, with a microphone in front of the church, that you would just clam up and, like, you barely are not even going to want to raise your hand right now, okay? Like, you're just like, yes, that is me. Don't call on me, please, right? I get it. I get it. Okay, listen, that's not me. I know there's a few of y'all out there. That's definitely not. I've never been that way. I would say Lindsay leans a little bit more towards that way. Okay, like she has no problem praying in front of people. Uh, she said, she told me yesterday, she's like, it's not just like praying in front of other people. And maybe y'all feel like this. She's like, it's praying in front of you, right? That's, that's a little awkward. And maybe because I'm a pastor and I, that maybe is a little bit different. But how many of y'all have ever felt like that before? Maybe I could pray at the dinner table with the family. Or pray at a restaurant, or pray with, you know, 10 to 15, 20 people, uh, but get me with just, like, me and you, and we're going to pray? Now, that's a little different, you know what I mean? It's a little bit awkward sometimes. I get it. And I've let it stop me before sometimes, too. I'll just be real. Like, I've let that stop me, because I'm thinking in my head, like, okay, like, is this awkward? You know, like, is this the right time to pray? Is this a weird thing to do right now. Like, should we go to God in prayer right now? Or should we just talk or just hang out? Or what is it that we're going to do right now? And, And what I want to encourage you with, something that I've been really encouraged with, is there's never an awkward time to pray with your spouse. There's never an awkward time to pray with your spouse, unless they're on the toilet. Don't do that. That's weird. You like barge in, like, I got a word from you from God. And she's just like, please, like, leave me alone, you know? Aside from that, let me, let me rephrase. There is generally never an awkward time to pray with your spouse. And you might say, well, I'm really busy, okay? Like, we got a lot of things to do. You know, we're, I, I, we have opposite schedules. You know, I'm working, she's working, she's with the kids. The easiest thing to do would be to get what has to get done, done, or what we want to get done, done, and ignoring what should be done. And the most productive or desirable thing is not always what is most needed. Because what's productive in our lives? What's productive is getting the kids ready, going to work, answering phone calls, making dinner, doing chores. What's desirable in our lives? Well, you could say watching TV, hanging with friends, playing on our phones, going out to dinner, vacation, hobbies, relaxing at home. Those are all good things, okay? Those are great things that that you're going to do in your life that are needed in your life. But what is needed that so many of us are not doing is Time spent in prayer with your spouse, time spent talking about the things of God with your spouse, time spent in a devotion with your spouse, just reading a couple of verses with your spouse. It can be anything. That time really matters. Those conversations are very, very, very important. And what we fail to understand, I think, is that the time that time is actually the most productive time. Right? I mean, you could spend a lot of time doing productive things and still feel empty inside in your marriage. You could go on vacation and still not feel the love and and go do your hobbies and watch TV and do all these things and have conversations about surface-level things. But, man, when you start to pray with your spouse, there is something that just changes. That is the most productive time that you could spend with your spouse. It's just like the concept of tithing. God asks his people, In the Old Testament, to give, what, 10% of their income, 10% of whatever they had to the church, to the temple, to basically would be like the local church today, and live off the other 90%. And I can tell you time and time again in our lives, as we have given 10% of our income, right, to the church, I can tell you, I can do a lot more with the 90 than I can the 100, amen? I can do a lot more. Why? Because I'm being obedient to God, right? And I'm I'm being generous to God's house and I'm giving as much as I can, right? And so when you do that, you can do a lot more with the 90. Can I submit to you today that maybe that works with your time as well, okay? Uh, The same goes with the time for your spouse. Take 10% of the time with your spouse and spend it in prayer, spend it having those conversations, having a devotional, reading your Bible together, whatever it might be, and that other 90%, I can guarantee you the other 90% of your time that you have with your spouse will be more productive and more desirable than if you had not spent that 10% of time in prayer. Why? Because you're intentionally choosing to put God at the center of it all. That's really the key. You're intentionally choosing to put him at the center, and God always honors that. When you spend more time in prayer with your spouse, I could promise a few things. I I promise that you'll find it harder to fight with them. You'll find it a lot harder to fight with them. You'll find them more attractive. Guys, your eyes will start to wander a little bit less. Amen? Because you'll see them in a different light. You'll say, you know what? I I I don't know what it is, but I just find you so much more attractive right now, right? I just see you in a completely different way. Why? Because you're starting to see her. Ladies, you're starting to see him in the way that God sees them. Come on now. You're not looking around. You're not looking at anybody else because you have that deep level of intimacy with them because you've talked about things that matter. You've talked about the eternal. You've prayed with them. You've fought in the prayer room with them for your kids. Come on, who wants to pray some powerful prayers over your kids today? I know that I want to do that, and we need to be praying over our son, and you need to be praying over your kids. Because when you intentionally put God at the center of your relationship, He is going to honor that, and you will enjoy a deeper level of intimacy in every area of your life. So many of y'all will say, Well, I'm too busy. Uh, you know, I, I don't have time to pray with my spouse. We're too busy. Get out of here. Come on. Like, you don't, <laughs> there's no way. I mean, like, literally, I, actually, you know what? I have a study right here. I'll tell you. Because, <laughs> you know, I could say that all day long, but let me, just, let me just go to the stats, people, all right? Couples on average spend about two to two and a half hours a day with their spouse. Kind of leans more towards two, including weekends, according to the Office for National Statistics. That sounds official. That last time, or most of that time is spent watching television, which is one third of all the time spent with your spouse. How many of y'all would kind of like, okay, like that's probably about right, okay? I know we love to watch TV. We have a lot of shows, especially during COVID. I mean, like you kind of have had to just hunker down and and get through it. And honestly, Netflix, Hulu, all that stuff has kind of helped in in a big way. But um, one third of all time spent together is watching TV. That's crazy. Eating would be about 30 minutes, doing housework together, about 24 minutes. Okay, if you're not good at math, I'll do it for you. If you have two hours with your spouse, that is 120 minutes. Divide that by 10 and you get 12. That's 12 minutes. Let's just round it down to be nice. That is 10 minutes a day in prayer. Can you commit to 10 minutes a day in prayer in devotion in Bible reading And talking about the things of God with your spouse, whether it's just going home and at lunch talking about the message today. Can you do that for 10 minutes a day? That's 10% of your time with your spouse if you spend about two hours a day. Now, I know some of you are like, two hours a day with my spouse? Are you kidding me? It's like, no, we spend like five hours a day. You know what I mean? Like, I spend all, every second I want to spend with my spouse. And to you, I say, you're gross. Come on. (laughs) I love my spouse. You know, and then the other people are like, I spend like, 10 minutes, like that 10 minutes is the total amount I spend with my spouse every day. You know what I mean? It's like we have either opposite schedules or we're just like, you know what? Like you just do your own thing. I'm going to do my own thing, whatever. You know, everybody has a different level of amount of time that they spend. But on average, I think we get about two hours a day with our spouse, whether it's eating, whether it's watching TV, whatever it is. Can we take 10 of those minutes and give it back to God? Can we tie that back to God who gives us all the time that we have in the first place? He gives us all of the resources. He gives us everything that we have. And yet so many times I think we just neglect spending a little bit of time in prayer personally, but also it's so powerful when you do it with your spouse. Can we commit to that today, to 10% of our time with our spouse to give it back to God, 10 minutes of our day? And we're talking about relationship goals, right? And you have to define the goal. What is the goal? DTR, define the relationship. What is the goal for prayer in our relationship? What is this 10 minutes gonna look like? Let's define it. Here's two guidelines that I would give you. If you wanna write this down, it's super easy, but it's keep it short and keep it consistent. Just keep it short. And keep it consistent. If you've never prayed with your spouse before or you're not in the habit of praying with your spouse before, and this is something even that I think we're gonna try to do better at is keeping it consistent because there's seasons where we'll pray a lot and then there's seasons where we're like, oh my gosh, it's been like a week or two weeks and like when have we really like together prayed? You know, maybe I'm reading my Bible on my own or I'm praying on my own, but when have we really come together and had that time? So keep it consistent. Don't let a few days go by without praying with your spouse. I get we have busy schedules. I get we have times it's difficult, But man, when you keep it short and you keep it consistent, it's going to be life-changing for you. If it's praying in the morning, praying before bed, five-minute prayer and combo at lunch does not have to be extravagant, okay? Whatever that looks like for you and your spouse, that's fine. It could look completely different than what it looks like for somebody else. Doesn't have to be at a certain time. Doesn't have to be a certain way. It just has to be there. It's some way, some shape, some form. And actually, I think this is something that's really important, is that people think that you have to have these like big, long, extravagant prayers, okay? And that is just not true. That's not true at all. In fact, actually, Jesus kind of many times prayed one sentence prayers. He would pray two word prayers, get up. And that's all it took to heal somebody of a disease that they've had for their entire lives, and yet we think that we have to have the right words and the right prayers to pray. And it's awkward. How do I pray in front of my spouse? Sometimes maybe you just need to say, get with your spouse, hold her hands, hold his hands and say, God, would you just give us a great day today? God, I pray blessings and favor over my spouse, over my kids, over this household. Lord, help us to honor you today. In Jesus name, amen. Boom, go, go to work. And it starts the day off in the right way. And maybe in the evening you get together and say, hey, how was your day? How are you doing today? You know, like, um, you know, it's been, it's been a couple days, like, you feel like God's saying anything to you, have a conversation about it. And then pray at the end and say, Lord, would you just continue to reveal things to us in our lives and give us direction in our lives? Amen. Bam, done. And if, if you're not in the habit of it, keep it short and keep it consistent. And I know some of you, you're like, well, I can pray with my spouse for 20 or 30 minutes, no problem. Hey, good for you. Teach somebody else how to do it. And you know, honestly, Michelle and Jeff Garner, I feel like are those kind of people, all right? They are the kind of people that I really, really, really want couples to learn from. Okay. They have a couples group. I'm going to put a shameless plug in for you guys. We have a couples group that right now meets over Zoom I think every Friday or every, every other Friday. Okay. And if you want to get into that couples group, I think it's really, really important that you do uh, to meet other couples in the church and just have a lot of fun. Honestly, they were just telling me about the group that they had a couple days ago and it was just an absolute blast. And so if you're not in the group, you want to get to know more people, you want to grow in, in your relationship with God and with one another, man, I encourage you, go to the Church Center app, uh, and go online, radicalchurch.life slash groups and get into one of the small groups. If you're a young adult, Let's say you're single in this place right now, okay? And you're a young adult. You're like, you know what? I don't know a lot of people. I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to mingle with someone. You know what I mean? Like get in the young adults group, you know? Like what better place to find the person, you know what In a young adults group of people that are trying to go after God together, you know? That's the place to find them, not at a bar, not at a club. Okay, find them at church in the, in the house of God. And so whatever that looks like for you, uh, don't let time be an issue. Just commit today. Can you do this with me? Because honestly, I'm trying to do this myself because I get so busy, right? I understand. I know how it feels. I mean, I'm leading a church and I have another job as well. So I get how it feels. But can we commit to 10 minutes a day, 10% with your spouse? And the other 90% is gonna be so much better because of it. Can y'all do that with me? That's all I'm asking today. All right. Hey, stand up with me. This is going to be a really, really simple response today. It's nothing, nothing crazy. All I want to do is, is if that's you today, maybe you're in the house today and you say, you know what, I've been struggling in my marriage, okay? Or I've been struggling in my relationship that I'm in. And maybe you're not communicating the way that you would like to right now. Maybe you're... Not spending that time in prayer with your spouse. Maybe you're not having those conversations about God, about the eternal things, the things that really matter. You're not having those conversations right now and you want to get to that place. Or maybe you are kind of doing that, but you want to go even deeper. And listen, I would just ask today, will you make the commitment to spend 10% of whatever time you have with your spouse today, make that commitment to spend it in prayer Spend it reading your Bible with them in, de- in devotion, talking about a sermon, talking about a podcast. I mean, anything. Have a conversation that matters. Can you do that with me? Will you raise your hand? Will you commit to doing that? And if you're single, will you commit to doing that by yourself for now? Say, so, you know what? I'll spend that 10 minutes just praying for my future spouse. Amen? There's something powerful about that. Pray for that person. Because that person is literally going to be, it's going to change the trajectory of your entire life. So you better pray for that person right now. I'm glad, I'm so glad that God brought me to my wife, Lindsay. She's helped me in such a massive, massive way. Where I'm weak, she's strong. Where she's weak, I'm strong. And what a beautiful picture of how God treats us. Where we're weak, he is strong. And we're supposed to love our spouses like Christ loved the church. And we know that Jesus loves each and every one of us so, so much that he laid down his life for us. He died a horrible death on a cross so that we could have life. That's the kind of love that we're supposed to have for our spouse. And you know, that love does not come from this world. That love does not come from something you see on TV. That love does not come from pornography, what you see on there. That's not where that love is. That love only comes and it's only found in Jesus. Man. If we can understand that, how many marriages would be in a much better place? How many marriages would be restored? And these people that are in this room today, I think you're lucky because we're talking about it. So many people don't talk about it. We just don't talk like this. And you could go out and and, and help somebody else. Maybe it's in the same situation. You could be that listening ear for somebody maybe that's going through a hard time. So make that commitment with me. And also maybe today there's somebody in here that says, you know what? Uh, It's gonna be hard for me to to make that commitment to spend time with God in prayer, whatever, because honestly, I'm not really spending time with God in prayer myself. I'm not really giving God my full full life right now. And what I want you to do is as we pray right now, I just want you to say just wherever you're at to God, like, hey, God, I'm giving my life back to you or I'm giving my life to you for the very first time. I just wanna tell you, Jesus loves you. He loves you so much. And he has a great, great plan for you in your life. And he has somebody out there for you. If you are single, maybe you're divorced and you've been through some stuff. Man, listen, God has some healing for you today in the house. He has some healing for you in the house. Don't ever, ever, ever. I I let my past really define me for a long time. I did personally. And the things that I did that was wrong, I felt like I was not worthy of my wife. I really did not. Yeah, but God got a hold of my heart and reminded me that I'm his son. And he reminded me of who I am and him. And that's what really mattered. And about six months later, I met Lindsay. And I immediately knew that she was the one for me. Just commit that time, commit that time. Let's do that together. Can we do that? Lord Jesus, thank you so much for the opportunity to look to your word for guidance, God, that we could have healthy, healthy marriages in this house, that this would be a house of of healing for people that have been through some stuff, that have been through some bad relationships, that have been treated like trash, people that have treated others like trash, Lord, I pray that you would get a hold of their heart. Maybe they're feeling guilty right now because of the way they treated their their ex-wife or ex-husband. Or or maybe they're feeling broken because of the way that that they were treated by their ex-wife or ex-husband or or an ex-boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it might be, God. I pray that you would bring some healing right now. God, I feel that in my spirit right now. There's some people that just you just need to let go. You need to let go of the guilt, you need to let go of your past. You need to let go and remind yourself that God has taken every sin, everything that you've done. When you give your life to him, he throws it away as far as the east is from the west. And When Jesus died for you, he died for every sin. He died for every disease. He died for every feeling of guilt, everything that's within you right now that's holding you back from a relationship with God, that you feel like it's holding you back from having that great marriage that you, that you so desperately want from finding maybe that person that you can date and that you believe is gonna honor you and, and honor God, finding that healing. Man, I just pray, God, right now, that you would just wash over every single person in this place with your love right now. Father, I love you so much, and I thank you that we're going to have some healthy marriages come out of this series. We're going to have some healthy relationships being built. Our young adults group, we're going to see some weddings come out of this church. Come on now, in the name of Jesus, we declare that right now, because we're going to have some healthy people, and healthy people end up in healthy marriages. And uh, so God, we thank you so much, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen, amen. Amen. Y'all enjoy today? I hope you did. I did. I learned something today as well. Uh, Definitely invite a friend for the next couple of weeks, y'all. We're talking about, uh, I think, uh, uh, it's... it's trust is next week. And then there's one message, don't hate, communicate, uh, is week three. Uh, and then we're getting in, into the, into the needy gritty in week four. So uh, we're going to talk about sex, y'all, and how God views it. I'm being real. We're going to get some real stuff in this house, okay, in a few weeks from now. Uh, so we're going to make sure that every aspect of marriage uh, that we talk about, because I think it's very, very important to get a godly perspective on these things, okay?